which door should I walk through? I guess this one. In life, there are so many doors, so many options, so many choices. How in the world do we know which door is God's will? How do we know which door to walk through? All throughout my life, I've had to make decisions on which door I was going to walk through. And I, I'm where I am today because of choosing the right doors. I think back to early in life, this started for me back in junior high, even high school. I had to choose back in those days who, who were going to be my friends, which, which door. I, I had to choose uh, uh, what, what, what electives should I take in, in high school? What, which doors should I, should I walk through? Should I, should I be in band? Should I be in sports? What sport should I, should I do? I mean, what, what's God's will? Trying to figure out which door to walk through. I remember being a senior in, in high school and, and there were colleges recruiting me to play football and, and coaches coming to visit me and, and trying to figure out which door, there are so many options, which door do I walk through? I, I walked through a, a door and went to college in, in Arkansas my, my first year and I was majoring in journalism. I, I wanted to be a broadcaster, journalism broadcasting. I, my dream was to be on ESPN as a broadcaster next to Stuart Scott. We would have been a great combination, a great team together. But, 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 but I ended up walking through another door and I, I left there and I ended up at another university where I ended up majoring, switching my major, went through another door and began to major in biblical study and felt God had called me into full-time ministry. And, and when I was a senior in college, and I was trying to, of course, in college, I had to figure out what, what I was going to major in, I had to figure out who was going to be my friends. I had to figure out if I was going to date and who I was going to date. And, and then my senior year in college, I walked through another door and met a girl named Tiffany. And we began to date. And I had to figure out, is this God's will? Is this the door for me to marry this lady? Well, it was the right door. And I ended up marrying Tiffany over 13 years ago. And when we got married, we had to figure out, what are we going to do now? Are we supposed to have kids? Do we wait? Do we have them now? How many should we have? We were planning on having three, but we got four. I mean, which door do we walk through? Should we buy a house? Back in 2001, we walked through another door. We felt like the Lord was calling us to move to Oklahoma City to start a new church. And so we sold our home in Springfield, Missouri. We moved to Oklahoma City and we started People's Church in 2002. And People's Church is here today because we walked through a door back in 2001 and felt the call of God to go through the door to follow his will for our lives. And some of you in this place today, you're wrestling with trying to figure out God's will for your life. Which door do you walk through? Some of you are trying to figure out, where do I go to college? Some of you are in college, should I, should I major in this? Should I switch my major? Some of you parents, where should I send my kids to college? You're, you're wrestling with those decisions. You're trying to figure out, where do I invest the money? Where, do, do I buy the house? Do we sell the house? Do I switch jobs? Do I switch careers? Am I supposed to move? You're trying to figure out God's will for your life. Some of you are trying to figure out the second most important decision of your life right now. You're trying to figure out some of you men, do I marry her or do I marry her? She's pretty. She's got a better attitude. What's God's will? Which door do I walk through? 
Come on, some of you ladies trying to figure out this same decision. Do I marry him or do I marry him? He's, he's cute, but he's got the money. Which door do I walk through? How do we determine these decisions? And can I tell you, in life, there are a lot of unreliable methods that are used to try to determine the will of God. A lot of us have used these unreliable methods. I know I have. How many of you have ever done the whole pros and cons? You know, you get a piece of paper and you write down, if I do this, here's the pros to that decision. Now, here's the cons. And if the pros outweigh the cons, then that must be God's will. And how many know that's a very unreliable method? That can get you in trouble just trying to weigh the pros and the cons out because that's not necessarily the will of God. That's not necessarily the right door for your life. There's also the the whole fleece method. You know, I'm going to put a fleece before God to see if it's his will or not. I mean, God, if you want me to marry him, then the thunder are going to beat the Phoenix Suns by 20 20 points tonight. Then I'll know it's your will, Lord. Huh? Lord, Lord, if you want me to go to that college, that light will turn green now. Stink. It didn't turn green. The fleece, man, that's, that's a dangerous method to try to determine God's will for your life. It, it reminds me of a story that I heard. There was a man who had left early to go to work a few minutes early, and he knew he was going to drive by Krispy Kreme donuts on the way to work. And he said, well, Lord, If it be thy will for me to stop and eat some Krispy Kreme donuts, let there be a parking spot available in the very front row right next to the door, and then I'll know it's your will, Lord. After the fifth time around the block, oh, there it is. It must be the Lord's will for my life. And he has some Krispy Kreme donuts that day. Can I tell you, there are a lot of unreliable methods that are used to try to determine God's will for our lives. And what I want to do today, what I want to accomplish for our time together today is I want to lay a foundation, just a foundation. I can't, I can't give you every piece of how to determine the will of God in one talk, but I want to lay a foundation today. And over the next few weeks, we're going to build on that foundation. And at the end of this series, you're going to have a real good understanding on how to determine the will of God for your life. Now, hear me. Don't miss one week. Next week is daylight savings times, people. So set your clock forward one hour so that you can get the next step on how to determine God's will for your life. Now, the foundation is key. You, you don't want to miss out. Don't, don't, don't go to sleep on me because the foundation is key. You can't build a house without the foundation. So today's the foundation on how to determine God's will for your life. The foundation is this. If you're going to be able to determine and discern God's will for your life, you have to live within God's boundaries. Everybody shout boundaries. God has boundaries that you need to know and that you need to live within that will help you. See, when you get inside of God's boundaries, it puts you in the proper position to begin to know and to begin to determine the will of God for your life. Not outside, but inside the boundaries. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 15, it says, be very careful then how you live. Not as wise, but as unwise. You want to walk through the right doors. Verse 16, making the most of every opportunity because the days 
are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand. Everybody shout understand. Now, I want you to catch this. But understand what the Lord's will is. We need to understand what his will is. And to understand God's will, you have to first get into God's word. To understand God's will, you have to first get into God's word. You got to know God's word. The psalmist said it like this in Psalms chapter 40 and verse number 8. I desire to do your will, oh my God. That's my desire, God. I want to please you. I want to do your will. I want to walk through the right doors. And it goes on to say, your law is within my heart. If I'm going to do your will, I need to know your law. I need to know your word. I need to know what the scriptures say so that I can do your will. Now, here's where most people live. Matter of fact, everybody in this place today, I would assume that you want to know God's will for your life. And people are trying to figure out God's concealed, concealed will. I mean, it's, it's not, you don't know exactly what it is. It's concealed to you. It's hidden to you. Who do I marry? Who do I date? Do, do I start the business? Do I invest the money? Where, where do I work? Where, where do I live? What college do I go to? It's, it's the concealed will of God. And friends, the way that you discover the concealed will of God for your life is by knowing and doing the revealed will of God for your life. And the revealed will of God is found in the Bible. It's found in the scriptures. It's found in God's word. And, and in God's words, there are two boundaries, two boundaries that put us in the proper position to discern God's will for our life. And hear me today. God's will is always, always found in between these two boundaries. You get outside of these boundaries, it gets very difficult to determine the will of God for your life. It gets very difficult to know which door to walk through. You've got to live within these two boundaries. Let's look at this foundation today. Number one is this. The first boundary is the sovereign will of God. The sovereign will of God. Now, now the sovereign will of God will happen no matter what you do. God has already decided in advance his sovereign will. It doesn't matter if you like it. It doesn't matter if you believe it. It doesn't matter if you have faith for it. It doesn't matter if you pray for it or pray against it. It's going to happen. You see, God has given you and I a free will. And so today you woke up and you decided if you wanted to eat Eggo waffles or if you wanted to eat pancakes, you wanted to eat eggs, you wanted to eat cereal, you wanted to eat a piece of toast with some jelly. You got to make that decision. But when it comes to God's sovereign will, it doesn't matter what decisions you make. It doesn't matter how much faith you got, what you pray for or believe. God's sovereign will is just going to happen because it's his sovereign will. Let me give you some examples today of God's sovereign will that we need to live inside of that will to be able to determine his will for our life. Here's an example of God's sovereign will number one. Jesus paid the price for our sins. God's sovereign will. Whether you believe it or not, have faith for it or not, pray for it or not, that's God's sovereign will. First John chapter 4 and verse 10 says this is real love because you can find God's sovereign will. You can find out what God is doing on the earth today by getting in his revealed, uh, in his word that is revealed to us already. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away 
our sins. That's God's sovereign will. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. But Jesus paid the price for our sins. He forgives us. He washes away our sins. That's God's sovereign will. And we need to be inside of God's sovereign will. Let me give you another example of God's sovereign will. Salvation is only found through Jesus. That's God's sovereign will. Doesn't matter if you like it, doesn't matter if you, di- if you dislike it, doesn't matter if you pray for it, pray against it. That's God's sovereign will, that, that, that salvation is only found through Jesus. Acts chapter 4, verse number 12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men, but, but, but by which we must be saved. Salvation only is through Christ. Jesus actually said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. No one has a right relationship with God the Father except through me. It doesn't matter if you like it, dislike it, agree with it. That's God's sovereign will. The only way to be made right with God to enter heaven is through Jesus Christ. Let's look at another example of God's sovereign will. God wants everybody saved. That's that's God's sovereign will. God wants everybody saved. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 4, the Bible says, Who wants, talking about God, God who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And you need to understand and be inside of God's sovereign will. Yes, that relative that you hate, that you don't even like, you don't want them to go to heaven, God wants them to. Amen. That's God's will. The worst criminal that you could ever see, the worst terrorist, that the terrorist in our world today, God's will is for everybody to be saved. That's his sovereign will. And we need to be on this side, inside of God's sovereign will, to be able to, to determine and discern God's personal will for our lives. Let me give you a fourth example of God's sovereign will. It's going to happen whether you like it or not, pray for it or not, it's going to happen. Number four is Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. You can read about this all throughout the Bible. Some, some, some examples of this is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. Matthew chapter 16, verse 27. Acts chapter 1, verse number 11. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 10. It lets us know that Jesus Christ is coming back for his church and lets us know that there's a heaven, there's a hell that people are going to spend eternity in. There's a real eternity. That, that you and I as followers of Jesus Christ, that we're going to be rewarded by how we live our lives, how we handle our talents, our resources, our time. We're going to be rewarded. There, there, Jesus is coming back, and, and there will be rewards and, and blessings and also punishment for those who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. That's going to happen whether we like it or not. It's God's sovereign will. Now I want us to look at the second boundary. We looked at the first boundary. You need to be inside of God's sovereign will, but there's a second boundary if you want to be able to determine God's will for your life. Number two is God's moral will, the moral will of God, the moral will of God. And the moral will of God is how God tells you and I we should live in his revealed will, the Bible. To discover God's personal will for your life, you need to live inside of the boundary of God's moral will, and it is revealed to us in the scriptures, in the Bible. And I want, to, I want to talk to you about three things, the boundaries of God's moral will in three arenas of our life that need to happen, that need to take place to be able to determine God's will for our life. Number one is this in your notes, 
the moral will of God. Number one is changed mind. You need to have a changed mind to be able to discern the will of God for your life, to know which door you should walk through. Let's look at this together in Romans chapter 12 in verse number one through two as we look at the moral will of God. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Or changed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to have a changed mind. I want you to catch this. It's very key that you see this. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, everybody shout then. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Then you'll be able to approve and to test which door should I walk through. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Catch this. Salvation is just the starting point. After we give our lives to Jesus Christ, we need to have our minds renewed. We need to have our thinking changed. And, 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 and God says, if you want to discover my will, you need to have your mind renewed. And say, Herbert, how do I renew my mind? You renew your mind with God's word with God's word. That's why it's so important. And I, I teach this all the time. I reinforce it all the time. It's very important that you're in the house of God, that you're in church hearing the scriptures taught, hearing the preached word of God, because it helps to renew your mind. I also always stress that you read the Bible on your own. You, you, get, you get a copy of God's word and you read it all the time on a daily basis because you need your mind renewed. You need to have changed thinking if you're going to be able to discern the will of God for your life. Uh, the Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 through 26. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her. Listen, God, Jesus gave his life for the church to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing, check this out, by the washing with the water through the word, through the Bible, through the Holy Scriptures, the Scriptures wash our mind. And some of you in this place, you're saved and dirty. You got a clean spirit and a nasty mind. See, you gave your heart to Christ and the Holy Spirit, he's holy. He's taking residence in your spirit, man. You, you got a Holy Spirit living inside of you, and yet some of you don't have a changed mind. You have the same thinking and so you got a holy spirit and a dirty mind and god says listen salvation is not the stopping point it's the starting point you give your life to christ and then you get your mind renewed and as your mind gets changed it gets easier to figure out which door to walk through how many of you when you grew up you ever heard your mom or daddy ever say this to you you were talking bad, saying some nasty things, and they said to you, if you say that again, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. Anybody ever heard that growing up? Come on. Yeah, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap if you keep, you don't talk like that. And God says, listen, you need to wash your mind out with my word. You need to wash your mind with my word. 
your, your thinking is hindering you from, deter, de, 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 from distinguishing my will because you don't have a changed mind, a renewed mind. I mean, can I tell you, the Bible says that the water, the, 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 the scriptures, the word of God, it washes us cleanses us it's the cleansing it's the washing of god's word that renews our mind and some of you can i tell you, you need a power washing amen just a, a scrubbing you know just got some nasty thinking and you need the word of god to scrub away to to, to wash away some some nasty some 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 some, some messed up thinking and you need to start pumping your mind full of god's word i mean you need to consume god's word into your mind you see a dusty bible leads to dirty thinking and dirty thinking makes it difficult to discern the will of god you got to renew your mind with God's word, you got to start thinking on the right things. You see, proper thinking is critical to, de to determining the will of God for your life. You got to think right. That's why Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, I'm going to start with the end of the verse because it'll make more sense to you. It says, Think about such things. Now, here's the things he tells us to think about. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, think about that. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure. Can I just submit to you today, some of you may need to change some of your habits, some of the things you watch, some of the things you're pumping into your mind, some of the things you're listening to. It's clouding up your mind. It's causing you to miss God's will because you've got faulty thinking, because your mind's not renewed, because you're thinking on the wrong things. It says, whatever is lovely, think about that. Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Because listen, you can't think wrong and live right. And proper thinking leads to proper living, and proper living leads to discerning God's will for your life. And that leads me to point two. Proper thinking leads to proper living, and proper living, living leads to discerning God's will for your life. Let's look at number two, and that's changed life. A changed mind and a changed life. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 3, it says, it is God's will, Pastor I'm trying to figure out God's will. Well, first, you've got to do God's revealed will. And the Bible tells us what God's will is for our life. It's God's will that you should be sanctified. That word means to be set apart. In other words, a changed life that you live differently. It says that you should avoid sexual immorality. Sex outside of the marriage arena is, is, is not godly. It's not God-honoring. It's sin that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Why? Why should I be sanctified? Why should I have a changed life? Why should I live differently? First Thessalonians chapter 4, just a few verses later, verse 7, he says, For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Life. That's God's will, is that we would live a holy life, that we would be sanctified, that we would be set apart, that we would live differently. Peter says it like this in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 2 through 3. He says, and you won't be spending the rest of your life chasing after evil desires. In other words, after you give your life to Christ, there should be a change. You should start to live differently. Your desires should start to change. You should not live the rest of your life chasing after evil desires, but, be, be, but, but will be anxious to do the will of God. So, Herbert, what's, what's God's will? What's his revealed will for my life? Verse 3, you have had enough in the past 
of the evil things, the godless enjoy. People who don't know Christ live like this. But now that you belong to me, you should have a changed life. He says you don't enjoy, get involved in sex outside of the marriage context. It's sin or, or lust or getting drunk or wild parties or drinking bouts and the worship of idols and other terrible sins. Check this out, check this out, check this out, check this out. I want you to catch this. God reveals to us in his word, his moral will, how we should live. And all the time, people are praying about God's moral will. But we don't pray about God's moral will. We line our life up with his will. We submit to his will. Pastor, you know, I'm just seeking the Lord. Just, just, just been praying. If I should keep having sex with my girlfriend, I'm just, I'm just trying to get the mind of the Lord. Well, he already told you no. You don't need to pray. You need to line your life up with his word. Pastor, my husband's on my nerves. I'm going to get a divorce. I'm sick. He's on my nerves. That's not a biblical grounds for divorce that he's on your nerves. You don't have to pray about that. That's not the Lord's will. Pastor, I've been praying, Pastor. I'm just trying to seek the Lord. You know, if I, if I go tell that lie at work, it'll help me get promoted and help me go further. And I'm just trying to discern if I should just kind of fudge the truth. No. The Bible says in God's moral will, his revealed will to us, that we should not lie. Pastor, I'm praying about somebody hurt me, somebody did me wrong, and I'm praying about if I should forgive them. You don't need to pray about that. You need to forgive. The Bible says forgive as the Lord forgave you. You have to line your life up with God's moral will. Pastor, I'm praying. Said I tithe. I'm just praying about if I should really be a tither. You don't have to pray about that. We line our lives up with God's moral will. And so many people, what happens is they get outside of God's moral will. It's already revealed to them, and they're outside of it. And then they wonder why they can't discern God's concealed will. And why would God reveal more to you when you won't do what he already told you to do? The Bible says this in Psalms chapter 37 and verse number 23. The psalmist talks about this. He says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. The Lord directs. He guides, he orders the steps of the godly. The godly, they know which door to walk through because the Lord is leading them. Their, their life is lined up in between the lines of the sovereign will of God and the moral will of God. And God leads them. He orders them. He directs their steps. Now, he might not, you might not know what to do next week or next year or next month, but you'll know what to do tomorrow. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll direct the steps of the godly. And yet... The Bible says when we're outside of God's moral will, you know what happens? It gets cloudy. It gets foggy. It gets really hard to figure out which door to go through. It's kind of like driving in an Oklahoma storm. I've only had this happen once or twice to me driving here in Oklahoma, and the wind is blowing and the rain is coming so hard that I had my windshield wipers on, but I needed to get new wipers. They weren't working that well. And everybody else's windshield wipers were going like this. Mine were going like this because <laughs> I couldn't see. And I, I begin to think, think about this with me. I begin to think if my windshield wipers weren't working at all, it'd be hard to see. Going 65 miles down, I-44, I-40, or I-35, and, and the, 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 the rain is pounding on the windows, and I can't see. And I start thinking, is the road really out there? Well, can I tell you, the road is there. I just can't see it. 
Because the sovereign will of God and the moral will of God, it makes it easier to see that I know when to exit off. I know when to make a turn. I know when another car is coming. I see danger. But when I'm outside of God's moral and sovereign will, it gets hard to see. It gets hard to recognize danger. It gets hard to know which door I should walk through. A changed mind, a changed life. And number three is this. Number three is we're talking about God's moral will. A changed attitude. A changed attitude. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16 through 18 says, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Why, Herbert? Why? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's God's, that's God's will for you. The Bible says to be joyful always. How many of you, just that knocked you right in between your head right there? Amen. Uh, that's a hard one, isn't it? That, that, that's what the Bible tells us to do, to be joyful always. And can I tell you, people who walk around with a bad, nasty, funky attitude all the time, no joy, just negative, you're going to have a hard time determining God's will for your life because it's God's will that you be joyful always. It's God's will that you be thankful in all circumstances. That's God. Pastor, I'm trying to figure out God's will. And you're never content with where you are. You're never happy with where you are. You're never thankful for where you are. You're always upset and frustrated about where you are. And you wonder, I can't figure out God because you're outside of God's moral will. Because God says, I want you to be thankful in all circumstances. Can I tell you, the old cliche is so true that your attitude will determine your altitude. And some of you today, I'm a holy I'm holy. I don't do have sex. I don't drink. I don't chew. And I don't run with girls that do. But you got a nasty mind and a nasty attitude. And you're always telling people off. I go, I'm, on Mondays, I just have bad days. Well, that's God's That's not God's will. God's will that you'd be joyful always. You'd be thankful in all circumstances. Can I tell you, sometimes I have these perfect, perfect illustrations. They, they just come at me, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I had one of those moments on Friday. My family and I, we were out eating at Freddy's Frozen Custard. Anybody ever ate Freddy's before? Thank you, Jesus, for those fries. You know what I'm saying? Those fries, I don't know what to do to those fries, but I like those fries at Freddy's. And I was eating at Freddy's with my family, and I went up to get some drinks for, for the family. And as I was getting drinks, there was one of the employees. She was an, 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 an older lady, and... I was just getting my drinks, minding my own business, and she, she said to me, she says, how are you doing today? I said, I'm doing great. I said, how about you? She said, I'm glad I got a job. I thought, I, I like this lady. I like this. I'm glad I got a job. And she, said, she went on to tell me, she said, I think that they hired me because I like to keep things clean. I thought, what an outlook. She didn't say, I can't believe they got me working on a Friday. I can't believe I'm working at Freddy's. I can, I'm in my 60s and I'm at Freddy's. I don't know what's wrong. I just, life's just sorry. I, I'm horrible today. I'm going Facebook about it. I can't believe I got to be at work today. <laughs> no, I'm glad I got a job. There are folks without employment. There are folks not working. There are folks that don't have an income. I'm thankful. I'm at Freddy's cleaning the counters. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, too. She has the right. Out of that, that, that lady's going somewhere in life. Amen. Be joyful always. Pray continually and be thankful in all circumstances because that's God's 
moral will for you in Christ Jesus. And you get outside of God's sovereign will. You get outside of God's moral will, a changed mind, a changed life, and a changed attitude. It makes it really difficult to figure out which door to walk through. You want to know God's concealed will for your life? You need to line your life up with God's revealed will for your life. The foundation, the foundation, the foundation. Am I inside of God's sovereign and inside of God's moral will? Am I inside of it? And it makes it a whole lot easier to discern the personal will of God for your life.